You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello and welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. I am delighted to be joined by Republic of Ireland International and Anderlecht midfielder Josh Cullen. Josh, thanks very much for taking the time out to have a chat with me. How are you keeping? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to coming on and, and speaking with you. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, always good mind. Yeah, you're obviously over in Belgium at the moment. Uh, it must be a bit different. I know we spoke just off air there. It's kind of not the ideal scenario right now to be there. But um, on the football pitch, it seems to be going quite well so far. Yeah, um, yeah, still, like you said, off the pitch with um, similar to, to to pretty much everywhere in the world at the minute, or especially around Europe. Um, obviously, largely affected by COVID with. With what you can do away from the pitch, um, but I know you're on the pitch. Um, things have uh, have been going fairly well. Um, it's yeah, it's been well, I've been here maybe four or five months now. So so really starting to feel settled with, with everyone at the club and yeah, everyone in the country around the club. Everyone that's, that that I've come into contact with over here has been brilliant and and helped me and uh, and my missus settle in as uh, as well as possible. Yeah, well, what I normally do is when I have uh, guests on is what we do is we, we go right to the very start and kind of how you started playing football, you know, your earliest memories. Um, I suppose take me back to your earliest memories of football and kind of what made you fall in love with football. Yeah, I think the, the probably earliest memory of football was just out in the garden whenever I got a spare minute. Um, constantly out there practicing with my dad. Um, I remember playing out in the garden for hours with my cousin. Used to be around my house all the time, and we'd be playing all afternoon. Get called in for dinner, eat our dinner as fast as we could, and then and then we back out to, to to play more football. And yeah, I just think from that early age, not not getting enough of, yeah, like I said, you couldn't get enough of it, and 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 that was probably the first time when when I realised that, that I loved the game and, and and just loved every minute of it. Did you have like you know I I think back to maybe the 98 World Cup would have been my kind of first real memory of kind of you know, watching it on the TV and seeing someone scoring like Zidane scoring the goals in the finals. Did you have a moment like that? Like it made you go, right, I want to get out and I want to be playing now because of that? Yeah, it's probably not, not so much on the on the the television, but I remember a live moment. Um, I had a season ticket at West Ham when I was when I was younger maybe about six years old I was at the time and I remember Arsenal um, and Thierry Henry he scored this amazing goal um, like ball come into him with his back to goal and he sort of flicked it around the defender and half volleyed it like straight into the top corner and that was probably my earliest moment of just like you said thinking wow like what a game this is and, and what a player he is and that's probably a like you said, the earliest moment of something that sticks, really sticks in my head from that that one moment. And yeah, that was just, yeah, a, a breathtaking goal. Yeah, you obviously, you mentioned there, you know, being a West Ham fan. Did you have an idol growing up? Maybe, I don't know, uh, Paolo Di Canio is just one who kind of springs to mind who maybe you grew up watching. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Paolo Di Canio, I mean, the likes of Joe Cole, um, Michael Carrick, people like that. But probably one that I really look back on is probably a little bit later than that was like Scott Parker. Um, yeah, it was class. I used to go to a lot of 
or pretty much every game. And after I was in season ticket holder, I would, used to love ball boying at the games. And um, at that time, yeah, Scott Parker was like really like playing unbelievable for West Ham. And um, yeah, just someone I tried to just watch and learn off and, and try and uh, model my game on. Um, yeah, at that time, like I said, he was a fan's favourite. So he was one of the idols that, um, that yeah, like I said, I used to go to every game or every home game. So I used to love watching him and, and he's someone that, yeah, I looked up to from 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 those years. Yeah, one player he actually went on to be because didn't he win uh, player of the season then as well in one of those years? It might have been the year West Ham got, got relegated. So I don't want to bring up any bad memories if that yeah. is the case. Yeah, no, I think I think he what um, he maybe what I'm not hundred percent sure how long he was at West Ham, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have wouldn't bet against that he won it maybe two or three times back to back. He was just stands out. He was just like um, so consistent as a player, and obviously as well playing against Mark Noble uh, or playing um, alongside Mark Noble. Sorry, um, is another one that uh, was a strange one because in the end I ended up. Sort of becoming quite good friends with him, but he was someone again who was coming through into the West Ham first team and through those years when I was um, supporting the team and, uh, and ball boy and as well he come from the academy. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, another person that I looked up to as well. Yeah, was he in your your football career kind of as that was kind of coming through? Were you always at West Ham or what way did did you kind of start your first club kind of coming through then or how did that happen? Yeah, I was always at West Ham. Um, I trialled at a few clubs. Uh, Ipswich, Charlton come to mind. Uh, I went and trained there and trialled a little bit. Um, but just once I went to West Ham, obviously it was sort of like a dream come true even to get a trial there in the first place, obviously being a, a massive fan of the club. And um, as soon as West Ham expressed that they wanted to sign me, that was I knew that was where I was going. And... Um, yeah, lucky to have um, a great time there and uh, and spend a, a large part of my life at the club. Yeah, so talk me through kind of coming through the ranks there and then I suppose signing with the club, maybe signing your professional contract and kind of the journey that took you to that point and, and how it was. Did you have any setbacks along the way? Um, I suppose that's the, the, I had the setbacks which every footballer has his injuries. Um, I remember, yeah, around, well, I think I was 18 at the time um, and I broke my leg. And those times test you um, along the way. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think when you look back now, any setbacks you do have along the way, which I can't say I had any drastic, unbelievable setbacks that, that, that affected me. Um, but, I think just little setbacks that you just learn to deal with, and in the long run, in the long run, it makes you stronger. Um, so yeah, just just injuries and, uh, and things like that were probably the, the, the setbacks I had. Um, but like I said, in the, in, in the long run, um, you don't realise at the time, but but now I can look back and and see that um, they made me stronger mentally and, and prepared me for 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 other injuries that I've picked up since in my career. Yeah, just kind of because I was researching your your um you know your debut and stuff. You made your debut for West Ham in the Europa League, and then you you made a Premier League debut coming on at Anfield in the three 0 win. 
So I, I suppose that was an absolutely unbelievable. Well, both moments were absolutely unbelievable for you as you know a West Ham fan growing up the whole way through the system and stuff like that, and then to go on and, and make your debut in those competitions. Yeah, really, two really special occasions, like you said. Um, first debut in the Europa League qualifier um, was in front of a packed Upton Park. Unbelievable atmosphere. Um, and like I said before, where I'd been there watching so many games, I ballboyed there and all along dreamt of getting on the pitch and, and playing for West Ham. So when that moment came, that was really special. And then if you're you're looking for your Premier League debut and if it couldn't be at Upton Park or the Olympic Stadium and you think of another stadium where you might like it to be, um, Anfield would have definitely been right up at the top of top of the list somewhere. So yeah, to come on there in a 3-0 win. I think it was West Ham's first win there in something like 52 years. So to come on and experience that was, was another incredible moment and, and day that I'll never forget. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think of, you know, Anfield now, you know, fans and stuff like that. I mean, it'd be very, very difficult to get a win there nowadays anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, within the, the last couple of years, I think they're, obviously their form probably of late hasn't been where they would want it at Anfield. But I think before that, it was I don't know something silly like 60 games unbeaten at, at Anfield. So, um, yeah, it's like I said, one to, it's one thing making your, your, your Premier League debut at Anfield, but um, another thing to say it was in a 3-0 win as well. So, yeah, that was, that was very nice. Yeah, it's one of those things that no one can ever take away from you, so you'll cherish that. Um, but just going over your West Ham career, you know, you spent a lot of it on loan out of other clubs. I you know I have here, that, you know, Bradford from 2016 to 17. Was that just purely to go out and get first team football, you know, because you'd made your debut this previous season? Was it just to go get um, first team football and then try to kick off from there? Was that the aim at the time? Yeah, I think so. I think it was you come to probably a lot of young players experience it. You come to a point where, like you said, you've had that little taste of training with the first team and, like you said, get getting your debut. Um, and you've probably gone past that stage of what you can learn within under-23 football in, in an academy environment. And it's time to step out into into the professional game, in, into the men's game and, and, and try and keep developing yourself and, and also prove to people that you can go and play in 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 the professional game and, and in the men's game, like I said. Um, so, yeah, when when Bradford came up um, and, and said they wanted to take me on loan, um, yeah, it was it was a, a decision that, that that was yeah pretty straightforward. That I knew I had to go to to, to develop my career, and um, yeah, it was a great club to go to, and yeah, I've really really fond memories of my time there. Who was the manager who brought you there at the time? Can you remember? Phil Parkinson was was the manager who, who brought me there. Um, so yeah, again, and that, there's a lot of people along the way that you owe thank yous to, and he's definitely one of them because he was the first person that showed that faith and trust in me to to to, to believe that I could I could come in and 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 step in and play for his team in, in League One. Yeah, I tend to see that a lot more nowadays that a lot of players are kind of going out to lower league clubs. Like, I even think of kind of Dara O'Shea, obviously in the Ireland team and recently got called up and stuff like that. He had to go out from West Brom, 
lower leagues and kind of work his way up to try and get in the first team. It's obviously paid off for him now and obviously yourself. Um, you then went on to Bolton the following season, only 12 games there. Was that through injury or were you just not really getting in? No, much? yeah. Probably when you, again, you look back at, at, at setbacks, it was probably the first time in my career that I had had a maybe sustained period of not performing as well as I wanted to and playing in a team that was um, struggling in the league as well. Um, and then obviously found myself out of the team. Um, and again, like, yeah, set back and, uh, and having to learn, being away from my family, friends and family being away on my own and, and in an apartment um, and not having that that release of being able to play football when when you're playing and training everything's going well you just your focus is totally on football and you sort of everything else is is good because the football's good but at that time it it, it wasn't going to plan as i hoped it would um but again now i look back at that thankful for the experience even though i might not have been at the time that it it was a, a great learning curve for me moving forward I think it's one of those things, uh, I, I was speaking to Aaron McInerf yesterday, these types of things, they, they make you mentally stronger, I think. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Like I said, um, it was, I had a pretty sort of, apart from the injuries I spoke about, I had a pretty smooth road up until that point. Uh, I'd progressed through the academy at West Ham and always been fortunate enough to be in the team, starting games, playing well moved up through the ranks into the youth team, under 23s, went to Bradford, straight in the team, playing well, and then went to Bolton, was in the team, and then was out the team. And at the time, yes, it, it's tough to deal with. Um, but like you said, it's, it definitely does make you mentally stronger and, and makes you more resilient for times like that when you that, that you might face further on in your career or prepares you how to stop from getting to that that point and maybe um yeah learning to, to 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 learn things about yourself which can which can change you might be able to i've had a couple of bad games here but i'm not going to let it let it develop any further and this is what i need to do and, and this is how to to do it so yeah it's, like you said it's all it's all a learning curve and it, it definitely makes you mentally stronger yeah no 100 percent uh just on you know, going to Charlton then, um, was it Lee Bowyer in charge originally when you went there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, he obviously had a great career. Um, was he was he an influence into why you went there at the time? Or, or what was it that he said that convinced you to go there? Yeah, no, he was, um, yeah, a big, a big influence while I went there, to be honest. Um, yeah, I had a chat with him before and, and he, he expressed, to me that, that that he wanted me to come to the club which is always nice to hear that, that the manager wants you um, like you touched on there his career as a player obviously being a midfielder and um, I felt that I could go and, and learn things off, off him which I definitely did and at the same time Charlton's a, a massive football club a, a historic football club as well and um, it was it was just sometimes you, you you go with with your gut and it felt right at the time. I needed to to get playing again, get playing regularly, and I suppose all the all the pieces of the jigsaw um, fit together, and and uh, and that's why I ended up going there. 
Yeah, just just on the first season that you were there, you obviously got promotion. Um, you were seemed to be a real fans favourite there, and it was it was around that time you were kind of getting called up into the international squad then under Mick. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I went there, was playing regularly, um, playing in a really good team with with a lot of players, very good players that are still at the club now, and a lot of players that have moved on and uh, and are playing at a high level as well. And um, we had a a good team and. And obviously, yeah, thoroughly, I think, deserved the promotion in the end um, from, from the team we had and the work we put in that season. Um, and yeah, obviously, it helps when you've got a good team around you to flourish personally. And um, yeah, I remember it, it was, the, I think, the, a couple of, maybe a couple of, yes, yeah, so I think it was the Friday before the the weekend where the the national team was, was, was due to meet up. Um, and I was just going into the to, to the boot room to get my boots before I was going out to training. And uh, Lee Bowyer, uh, I bumped into him. He came in to get his boots at the same time and said, "Oh, um, do you know like uh, you've been called up?" And I didn't know anything at the time. I hadn't checked my phone. I'd just been in the in the train. And he said, "Oh yeah, I've just got off the phone to Mick McCarthy." Um, and yeah, you've been called up. And I said, "Oh, what, this break or?" Or the next break because it was literally I think we were going out well I do we were going to Bristol Rovers that day and then I was away to meet out of Ireland on on the uh on the Sunday. So yeah it was a whirlwind uh, the way it happened but uh yeah I was pleased to obviously get the recognition from from Mick and um to get my first first call up for the for the national team was was yeah it was an unbelievable moment um just hearing that news and um yeah, from that moment, I couldn't couldn't wait to to get over and meet up with the squad. And what was it like then? You know, meeting up with the squad. Because I imagine you would have had probably a couple of teammates or whatever. I, I imagine Darren Randolph would have been in the squad. You would have known him from West Ham days and stuff like that. Was it easy to settle? Because when I look at the Ireland squad and I look at kind of the the bubble of the squad, it, it seems like a very kind of welcoming place. Everyone seems to get on very well. There seems to be a good kind of collective togetherness about the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, from from the I knew a few people like you said. I knew see yeah, Darren Randolph. Um, shout Sean, out to Darren, uh, by the way, for getting in touch with you for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, big shout out to Dash. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know. I obviously knew him. I knew Shawnee Maguire from the Twenty Ones. I'm sure I'm missing people that I already knew um, from before. But yeah, so stepping into the into into the squad and into the camp and. Um, Everyone was was unbelievable from all the staff, the management, to all the players. Um, yeah, people like Shamey, Seamus Coleman, Wheelow, people like that who have obviously you look up to as, as playing for your country and, uh, and, and real Irish legends, I suppose. Um, but you, you meet them and they're just, just, just normal guys and, and they're so welcoming and, and make you feel settled straight away. So, yeah, it was great to, uh, like I said, get into and I just... Just couldn't wait to get going. To be fair, so it was yeah, yeah, great to get in there, meet everyone, and um, as, as soon as I got in there, I, I felt at home. Yeah, what was it like for you during the campaign? Because there were some real, real good moments there. Like I think of the the equaliser from Didzy against Switzerland, for example, just one off the top of my head, and um, the one Alan, uh, sorry, Alan Judge setting up the goal then for Shane Duffy away to Denmark and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was some real good moments, and obviously we will come to your, your debut then against Bulgaria as well. But what was it like being around the squad for for those moments? Albeit you weren't playing, but you know it must have been great to kind of be there anyway. 
Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, got great, great experience. Like you said, just to just to be there and 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 be around the lads for the, for those moments. Um, like you said, it's a really tight knit group and, and everyone gets on well, well together. It's, it's it's like a family really when we meet up. Everyone everyone looks forward to it and 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 we look forward to working together. So yeah, to to see the lads and and, and share moments like that. Um, with them was was fantastic. Um, like I said, yeah, probably being being realistic, well, not realistic with myself, but I didn't expect really to be playing in League One and get the recognition to be called up for the for the senior squad. So just to be there and and like I said, be around the type of players that, that were in the squad and and share moments with them, um, it, it was fantastic. And and yeah, those. Um, those moments just make you more hungry to, as a player, to 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 want to be a part of them on the pitch and and keep working hard to 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 be alongside the lads on the pitch and uh, and and create more of them moments for, for your country. This is the IFF TV podcast. We're just going to take a short break just to quickly speak about Manscaped. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. The performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools to do the job. This bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your ball smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up at you and say thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IFFTV at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats to foot deodorant. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code IFFTV. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Link in description. Check it out. This is the IFF TV podcast. You spoke there about Glenn Whelan and you know, I think very much very underrated player in terms of what he did and kind of his discipline and stuff like that. Would he ever come to you and speak to you, you know, during training sessions or kinda of improve you in that way? I think his knowledge would go a long way and I don't I don't think he gets a lot of recognition from fans in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Um Willow's a top player. Um and I can't remember off the top of my head whether he did say anything to me in training sessions, but um, if he did, I'd be definitely taking it on board because of the career he's had and how many caps he's, he's got for Ireland. He, you, you don't achieve that if you're, you're not a very good player. So, um, yeah, like you said, um, for me, 
I agree with you. Um, really underrated as a player, and um, it was it was great to to work alongside alongside someone like that, and not even just wait for him to come and say something to me. I was watching him, trying to learn off him in training sessions, in matches, because, like you said, he's he's been a great servant for for the country, and he's um, he's had a fantastic club career as well. So um, it would be silly of me not to not to try and learn off someone like that. Yeah, just you see the way you say that you're kind of studying and stuff like that. I was over at a game in Charlton. Um, it would have been last year, before the lockdown. I was doing an interview with Michael Obafemi. I don't know. If, I don't know if you would remember. It was like an under twenty three game, and yourself and Aidan McGeady and a few other players were there. And you all seem to be doing like your coaching badges already. Is that something that you, you've you've actively kind of gone after? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that that interests me. Um... For, for, for obviously after my playing career and I just thought why the opportunity was there to, to, to get cracking with it um, why not I suppose and um, yeah it was just it's, it's obviously something that's been made harder with, with COVID and everything at, at the moment because it makes it harder to, to get on the pitch with with players and teams um, to do your hours of coaching because obviously the, the social distancing and and um, all the rules that that, that, that go go along with, with COVID, but um, yeah, it's something that that definitely interests me. Like I said, for for after my playing career, so um, and it's something the opportunity came up, so I thought, why not? And and um, I'm looking forward to, to 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 doing more of my coaching badges and, and learning more about the game. Yeah, no, I, I just, that came back to me there when I was kind of thinking of the way you said you were studying. I just remember being in the stands and it was quite random why I was there. And then uh, I just noticed yourself and Aidan and, um, you know, a, a few more of your teammates were all there and you just kind of seemed to be doing, uh, studying the game. You might have had yeah. notepads or something like that. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting considering that you were all still playing and, and still doing it. I thought it, was, I thought it was actually really good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think it also helps as well, helps you as a player um, because you do, um, sometimes you get caught up in playing games, training, um, travelling home from training, travelling to games, you get home, you're with your family, you're with your friends and it gives you that time to also think about the game um, away from the pitch, away from training, in a classroom, discuss the game and other people's ideas with like you said, players like like Gita have had great careers as well. To be sitting alongside him in coaching sessions and see what he thinks, or when we're talk, when we're watching clips and the tutors saying, "Oh, what would you have done here?" or how, it's just stuff like that. And to learn off someone like that as well is is priceless. So um, yeah, it's just something that I'm interested in. And, and like I said, the opportunity came up, and um, I, I'm enjoying it. To be fair. Yeah, no, I just thought it was cool. Sorry, I did bit. I kind of went a bit off off track no, with that. Fine, fine, I just, right. it cool. um, just on your debut, then, because I, I actually caught up with you after the game, and you you just seemed to be buzzing, you know. But what was that like as a moment for your family and stuff like that? Because I think when I was talking to you, you hadn't even got a chance to meet your family or anything like that. But so, firstly, the game, and then how it was like afterwards, you know, with your family and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, unbelievable. Um, just the. From from the from when you get told you're playing, obviously the build up, you're you're just buzzing to get out there. The, obviously, 
the nerves are there, um, the excitement's there as well, and you're just just raring to go, and um, then you, you're obviously travelling to the game, and, and all them sort of emotions start bubbling up, and then when you're out there, and for the first time you're standing there, and, and the national anthem's being played, I think um, any player will probably you'll struggle to find a player that that disagrees that that moment's one of the the, the proudest moments of your career, certainly mine. Um, and yeah, and then, and then the game starts, and thankfully we got the win. Um, and then yeah, to to be able to to go up, and it seems weird to, uh, saying that you could go and see your family up in the in the uh, in the lounge after, and, and share that special moment with with everyone. Obviously, we've had a, the, the 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 no fans rules and everything at the minute, but uh, yeah, it was just. Just something you try to soak up is it's it, like a, well, like we know it's it, it's a it's a one-off occasion. It will never happen again, and um, I just tried to take as much of it in as I could. Um, yeah, one of the proudest moments of my life, and um, yeah, to be able to be able to have my family there and share it with them was yeah, it was just a, an, an unbelievable feeling. Um, but yeah, you probably. I could probably sit here all night and, and struggle to, to describe it in words, to be honest with you. It was just, yeah, like I said, unbelievable. And I think the majority of the lads that made their debut that night kind of felt similar. I think Mark Travers, uh, Kieran O'Hara might have played a half as well, and then you had Jack and James Collins and stuff like that as well. So a lot of you made your debut that night, which was great to see. I suppose in terms of uh, a result and a night, it couldn't have probably went any better as well. A 3-0 win, clean sheet. Man, the match for yourself. So, as far as all you needed was a goal, and it would have been the perfect debut. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was yeah, it was yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, like I said, to to seal it with with man, the match was was really nice, and and uh, and be on the pitch and share it with people like Jack and that, and, and Kieran that I played with in the under twenty ones, and yeah, it was just a, a great night and, and one I'll never forget. Yeah, but just kind of, there's been obviously a shift, you know, there was a shift before, a management before the Slovakia game and stuff like that. Stephen came in for Mick and stuff, all that COVID's kind of just messed up everything really in the world anyway. But uh, how have you found the kind of difference in Stephen uh, in his coaching and stuff like that? I personally, uh, I really believe that we've been very, very unlucky in terms of COVID injuries and so on. That's just, it, it, hasn't really reflected the results. I, I feel like some of the results have kind of been a bit unfair since he's taken over, you know? Yeah, 100% agree with you. I think um, yeah, I think everyone's enjoying it um, under the new management. And um, I think that reflects in, in the performances, like you said. Um, you'll probably struggle to, to find a, a more unlucky squad and team to have as many players ruled out as we have in the, in the last few few camps um but yeah the, the the performances i think on a whole uh, have been good and um i think they're only going to get better uh it's, it's always tough i think for international managers to um implement their their styles and their new ideas with a team because um they don't get that much time to to work with the players on the training field where there's so many games in in a short amount of time so yeah, I think the only thing that's been missing at the minute is the results. Um, we know we have to pick up results. There's there's no one denying that we can't keep playing well and uh, and not and not get get the wins we want. Um, but I think it's like you said, it's it, 
we haven't quite got we got what we've deserved as as of yet, but um, we'll keep improving as a team, I'm sure, and and everyone's really positive and, and looking forward to, to to the new campaign starting in March, and and um, I'm sure there'll be positive results coming our way. Yeah, what well, what are your kind of international ambitions for the future? Because I, I believe there is a position there, the number six, I suppose. Um, that is there for the take and is your you know ambition now to try and get in there and be a regular starter going, going forward for many years now? Yeah, 100% I think um, you ask any player they want to be playing games they want to play for their country um, of course I want to be playing but whatever role I'm um, asked to play within the squad I'll do it to the best of my ability I'll support the lads that are playing if I'm not playing but of course I want to play and, and um if and when I get that opportunity, um, I'll be doing my most to, to really, really mark my my stamp on it, I suppose, and 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 try and become a regular for, for years to come. Like you said, that's that's everyone's ambition as a player, and um, hopefully moving forward, I can um, I can I can I can keep progressing, keep improving as a player, and and um, and become a regular in. In the team for my country, um, like I said that's that's been the dream all along since I was since I was young, and, and what I've always dreamt of, and what I'll keep striving for. Yeah, I can see by the smile on your face, kind of how much it means to you playing. Um, but would you like? I know I said number six there. Would you say that's your best position, as sitting in front of the back four, or are you more regular box to box midfielder? Or I, I imagine you can do both if needs be. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think I can do both. I think it's it's um, always good as a player to not be not pigeonhole yourself to to one. Oh, I'm just a, a number six, or I'm just a number eight. But if it, I feel like I can do can do both jobs well. Um, if 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 someone wants me to to sit in there and uh, and break up play and get on the ball from from the back and and get the team ticking, then then I feel like I can do that. And if someone wants someone that can also drive the team forward and and um, uh, and start moving the team towards the final third and uh, and play the the final passes as well. I believe I can do that as well. So um, yeah, I believe I can do both roles. And like I said, if I was ever asked to 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 do any role, if I, even if I was asked to play in goal for for, for Ireland by by the gaffer, then then I'll do that because um, any moment you get to, to to step on the pitch and play for your country is is a huge honour. Yeah. Um... I just think that's that's brilliant to hear. But you just I want to just go back to your your final year of chatting last year. Now, obviously, towards the end, it didn't go ideal. You know, there was all the stuff at Wigan and stuff like that, and there was all that kind of thing going on. But I felt as though Charlton were going well. You got injured for a number of weeks, and it kind of might have been months. You were out injured, and, and um, you know, results kind of didn't go your way. But kind of coming off the back of the promotion, were you just thinking, I need to... I have a good team there with Charlton. They're in the championship now. Here's a chance for me to maybe go on and kick on a little bit. Um, you probably weren't going to get first team football at West Ham. You wanted to get out and just play, was it? Yeah, it was probably um, like I, I played in League One, um, and uh, like we touched on earlier, the the previous time I'd I'd played in the championship was for Bolton, and it didn't go as well as I'd have liked it to um, personally and and with the team. So yeah, it was just about going. To the championship and, and proving that I can play in the championship and that, that I can I can perform well at that level um, and yeah the, 
having enjoyed a successful season before, having played well and felt comfortable playing under a manager I knew um, was massive. Um, and I wanted to go back and, and play regularly and I felt that was the best place for me to go and, and play a full season in the Championship. Like you touched on there, obviously it was unfortunate I, was, I got injured um, I think around the end of October, November time. Um, and, and over the Christmas period I was missing, um, which was a shame because I, I, I was loving loving my football. And, and, and like we said earlier about setbacks, that was another massive setback because you miss a lot of games, especially it being the, the, the busiest period in in the English league over the over the Christmas period. So um, yeah, it was obviously season didn't end how we wanted it to, and how probably the club with everything behind the scenes it had to deal with as well probably didn't deserve it. But um, I know the club's still in good hands now, and, and um, I'm sure they'll be they'll be back somewhere close to to where they belong um, very soon. Yeah, I've actually, I don't know why, I've always kind of had a soft spot for for Chad. Maybe it's because they've had Irish players over the years, like Andy Reid and Matt Kinsler and a few others like that. I've always kind of wanted to see them do well. So I do hope they, they get promoted again and kind of kick on again. But uh, going back to West Ham then, kind of in the summer there, what was your kind of thinking then? Because you've since moved to Anderlecht. So what was the kind of thinking coming into the start of this season? Did you think... You know, I, I want to get out and play somewhere. Or did you feel like at this point you didn't know where your career was going with West Ham? Yeah, obviously after last season, I had every intention of trying to go back to West Ham and and um, uh, and do as well as I could in pre-season and try, and try and break into the team and 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 be a a regular feature in the squad and and be be in and around the first team at West Ham, um, but. I wanted to be playing games as well. I didn't just want to be in and around the squad and not playing. I wanted to to, to be a big part of the squad, you know. And um, as the sort of summer progressed, I was in my last year at West Ham as well um, with my contract. And then the the, the sort of the, the interest from Anderlecht heated up, and and it was. And it got to the point where, where obviously I, I learned that they were putting a bid in, and it was hard to 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 say no to, to be honest. Um, like we said uh, um, before we came on off air, um, how big a club Andelect is is renowned worldwide, worldwide for for producing players and um, being such a su su successful club in the past. Um, and after speaking to the manager and the sporting director at the club, knowing the ambition for the future as well, it it it, it really felt like a, a really exciting opportunity and, and project that, that 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 I was I was really excited by. Um, so yeah, it just I suppose like in life and like in your career things just fell into place and um, of course at the same time um, I knew that I needed to to really be playing regularly to to give myself the best chance of establishing myself back in 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 the island squad. Um, so yeah, all all these things go into making a decision. Um, but yeah, it felt it felt like the right decision, and um, and thankfully um, at the minute things are are going well, and, and I'm really enjoying my time here, and and. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to cracking on and, and being here for for, for the future and 
and, and trying to, to have a, a successful period personally, but most importantly with the team here as well. Yeah, well, I personally, I think thought it was a kind of brave move because obviously you've, you've you know, gone on there, there speaking about how much you've loved West Ham, it's all you've ever known. And to leave the club that you obviously love to further your career, it's a big decision for you. And I, I really admire the fact that you've done it and the fact that you've done it to prolong your international career as well. But, you know, someone like Vincent Company, who is a Premier League legend, I mean, he's, you, you have to put him in down as one of the Premier League greats. Uh, for what he's done, the way he's changed things at Man City in terms of mentality and stuff like that. Um, but what's he been like, and what was it maybe he said to you that convinced you? I suppose even the kind of the fact that he wanted you was was huge for you initially, anyway. Yeah, like you said, probably when the name Vincent Company, and when he doesn't really need to say a lot to be honest to to make you feel like I really want to go and come and work under you and, and play for you. Uh, but yeah, when I spoke to him. Um, he just made it clear that he wanted me, see me as a part of 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 what they were trying to what they're trying to create here um, at Anderlecht. And um, yeah, like I said, not not a lot really needed to be said. It was just a case of I want you to come, um, and that was enough for me. I knew, like you like you've touched on there, the the career he had, a Premier League legend, um, the managers he's he's worked under. The career he had as a player, how good of a player he was, all them things just add up, and I just felt that it was definitely the the best place to come and carry on developing as a player and and, and become a better player because I come to a, a massive football club and and yeah and push on in my career and um, yeah so far it's been been brilliant working under him. I'm learning things every day on a training pitch. Um, I feel like I'm I'm becoming a better player and like I said, learning and developing. So yeah, it's been it's been absolutely fantastic to work under him for for the last four or five months and uh, and I'm looking forward to to continuing it um, for the rest of the season and beyond. I think it's really good that the fact that you know he's played in England for so long, so he kind of knows what it's like and he probably has. Know, able to give you a bit more detail in terms of what he wants from it and the fact that he can speak obviously very good English and um, very intelligent man and obviously I've watched the Man City documentary how they speak about him there um, they they make him out to be a genius like you know but uh, he, he's made you captain and everything already like uh, you've, you've captained the team already um, but how has it been like it just seems like everything has gone really well for you right now and you're really enjoying your football yeah, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, like you said, um, yeah, things are going well. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that yeah believes never to get too high with the highs and never to get too low with the lows. But so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. I feel like I've settled in well. Um, like I said, everyone around the club's been brilliant, helping me settle in. Um, I feel like I'm learning on the pitch, um, developing as a player and becoming a better player, enjoying my football. Um, playing regularly and uh, and that's that's all you can ask for as a player, I suppose. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it and and looking forward to to what the future holds. Yeah, you've obviously got the qualifiers coming up next month, and just for the rest of the season, what are your ambitions for the season? If you have any, yeah. So the, the ambitions for, for for the rest of the season are, of course, um, to carry on playing regularly. Um, yeah, I'd. Of course, I'm determined to 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 be in the in the um, 
in the squad come the end of March and, and be involved in the qualifiers. Um, and uh, and yeah, we've we've still got a, ch a chance of being successful here here at Anderlecht. Um, obviously, we'll be looking to to try and um, qualify back for, for for European football this season, um, and uh, and try and finish as high up as we we can in the league. It's uh, obviously we're aware where the club Bruges are doing very well at the minute, but. Um, Anything can happen in football, so we'll, we'll keep working really hard to, to try and finish as high as we can in the league and, like I said, um, be fighting for them, for, for the European places. Um, and we're still in in the quarterfinals of the Cup as well, so um, playing for silverware and, uh, and winning competitions and Cups is uh, what every player wants to do. So um, we've, we've really got a good chance of having a successful season. Um, and, yeah... I just want to personally play a big part in that, keep doing my role for the team as best as I can um, and, uh, and and keep playing regularly and, and enjoying my football. Absolutely. Well, Josh, I won't keep you any longer. Firstly, I hope you're in the squad next month. Secondly, I hope you go on to win some sort of silverware and uh, you know finish as high up in the league as possible. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope that I get you on again in the future, maybe at the end of the season. But for now, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The IFF TV Podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.